Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bombs. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. The cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He said he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he wanna go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that great. I'm a bad man. Radio. I'm your host, Greg The Truth, co-host of the Black Belt, Mr. Chaos. Appreciate everybody tuning in right here live on Blog Talk Radio. want to invite you to follow us on Twitter at MajorityMMA. Like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so at 213-943. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong number. 929-477-1077 is the number to call. If you call the other number, I don't know what will happen. But, um, Anyway, fans, man, we were saddened by the news this weekend that uh, the great, possibly the greatest boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali, passed away at the age of 74 years old. Dan, give us your thoughts on uh, Muhammad Ali and his impact on just sports in general. Man, I tell you what, he was, uh, he was, you know, he's one of those athletes that, you know, was just ahead of his time and at, at his at and during his era and he did a lot in the ring he did a lot outside of the ring and he was vocal about it he put it out there he wasn't scared to let him know and uh you know you see a lot of mimic you know nowadays from a lot of people he's uh he's had a, a large influence on people in combat sports and in like you said just in sports in general so you know he was awesome i I'll, i find myself <laughs> watching Muhammad Ali clips from time to time and uh you know just you know just for a little bit of inspiration so that is uh you know uh, I'll definitely remember how that man lived that's what I can say you know when you look back at his career and you think about you know he was an innovator he was a trailblazer. You can definitely say that about him. He paved the way for so many athletes nowadays, guys like Conor McGregor, guys like 
Chael Sonnen, who talked a big game and and really emphasized the showmanship aspect of of being a combat sports athlete. And you know, like you said, not to mention other sports as uh, as well and uh, athletes that he's influenced. Um, but when you look back, you're talking about a guy who was a three-time heavyweight champion. Not only that, yeah. but a guy who missed three years. Three years in his prime, he missed. Came yep. back and still was on top of his game, even though, you know, he lost that initial fight with Joe Frazier. But he, he, he was he was transcendent for his time. And I didn't grow up in that era, but I, I, I like you, uh, find myself watching clips of, of him from time to time, not just interviews, but his fights. And he, he was so fluid uh, in his ring. His speed was really unmatched at that time. And, you know, if you're going to say anything about somebody who had a full package, he had speed, he had power. He was always a, he was a good size. He had a good reach. He, he was uh, absolutely, uh, if not the greatest fighter of all time yeah. in boxing. Yeah, with, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt, I mean, you know, you know, for him to move the way he did, as a, as a heavyweight, there's so many clips you can watch where you know he'll be he'll he's standing in a corner and people are swinging at him and they can't hit him, and he's just moving, 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 and they just can't hit him. And you know, for him to come back and you know win that last fight with George Foreman, you know, it's like you said, he's been away for three years. He wasn't the same when he came back. He had to develop a new way, but he, he found a way to do it. Just imagine if he wasn't away for three years. You know, we we probably missed uh, – we, we obviously did miss maybe four or five more times he could have won that title. But uh, to, see, to see him put that finishing touch on George Foreman was, was amazing in itself. And, you know, and that just – Everything else he ever did outside of the ring, you know, for anybody, will always be remembered. It's it's uh, it's awesome. It's sad that uh, he's gone now, but it's definitely a man that you will never forget. Yeah, yeah, without question. And you know, one of the memories that stands out in my mind also about him is uh, in the 1996 Olympics, I believe it was. Um, him taking part in the uh, opening ceremonies, holding that torch. Yes, and, I remember uh, that. You know, he he really has not made a whole lot of appearances, uh, you know, since the mid '90s. But you know, for me, being a teenager at the time and a sports fan, um, you know, and hearing them announce him as the greatest of all time, you know, at the time I didn't really I wasn't familiar with Ali. I mean, I knew he was a famous boxer. But um, right, you know that stuck. That sticks with me when they when they announce you as the greatest of all time. No matter where you're at, you know that that says a lot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially if you're on a world stage where uh, you know there's so many different sports. It's not just boxing. So yeah, I mean yeah, it's uh, it, it it's something to be said. It's uh, you know, is there good? You know, are there other athletes? You know, like them? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know, but you'll always find uh, you're always going to see 
a lot of your greater athletes uh, doing a lot of mimic, doing a lot of uh, having the having the same sort of characteristics and charisma as they develop through their career. So you know, it's like you said before, guys like Conor McGregor, he talks, he can fight. You know, it's just uh, it's it's everywhere. So third, certainly, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Ali family, and uh, definitely a huge loss, huge, huge loss to the sports community. Um, let's jump into uh, UFC 199. Um, man, where do we start? I mean, <laughs> top to bottom, this was uh, one of the best ones to come along in quite some time. Man, uh, it was it was a good show, man. I, I enjoyed it. A look at Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson knocking out Hector Lombard had to be one of my most favorite fights of the night. That was, it was by itself amazing. You know, my 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 friends said if you had to bet money, who would you bet on for that fight? Right. I said, well, I'm going to say Dan Henderson. He said, don't bet with your heart. <laughs> Would you really put money on Dan Henderson to beat Hector Lombard? And I said, well, it depends which Hector Lombard you get. Is it going to be Hector Lombard? I cut too much weight, and uh, I'm going to throw punches till, for a whole minute until I'm tired? Or is it going to be Judo Olympian Hector Lombard who's you know going to use what got him to the show? I, we don't know, so I'm just going to go with Dan Henderson because I know what I'm going to get out of Dan Henderson every time, win or lose. And uh, man, <laughs> that it was it was a scrap from the get go. He took a shot, he got up, he hit his head on the cage at one point. Man, he fell so hard. I thought that was it. He got up, he threw a head kick, and then while Hector Lombard catches his leg, he throws a back elbow. And just flattened Hector Lombard. Man, I've never seen anything like it. I guess, uh, I guess if you're if you if you're on your way out of the sport, I guess you might as well uh, finish with a highlight reel. Yeah, absolutely nasty elbow, um, and something that I, that I can't recall ever seeing. You know, something that something like that that was done on purpose. You know. Yeah. And, but clearly, clearly that was on purpose. And, it's almost like man, he swatted what? at him, like, would you let go of my leg type deal? Yeah. And he hits him, almost, almost and then Hector Lombard goes down, and then he drops two forearms on his face while have, and tried to drop a third one. Thank God Herb Dean was there because uh, Hector Lombard's head might have went through the canvas. It was uh, – th- those were brutal, man, brutal. Yeah, nasty elbows on the ground. Um, but – you know, like you said, if you're going to close out a career, that's, that's definitely the way that you want to do it. Dan Anderson is a a legend in the sport, certainly someone who deserves to be in any kind of a mixed martial arts Hall of Fame, no matter what the brand is. Um, and I'm sure that he'll get that call. Um, Max Holloway um, looked very good against Ricardo Lamas. Um, he did. Is this is another guy that, uh, you know, in my opinion, um, where's this guy's title shot? I, I mean, you're looking at nine He's wins in a row one, here. Right? 
And where's it at? Yeah. How can you win nine wins in a row and, and still be on the outside looking in in terms of uh, fighting yeah. for a belt? You know, Matt, Max Holloway, Matt, Max Holloway, I don't think he's lost since he lost to Conor McGregor. I don't think he's lost a fight since he lost that fight. I could be wrong, but I don't no, you're believe right. he's lost a fight. I don't believe he's lost a fight since he's lost that fight, man. That kid is tough. He's strong. He's good. And, uh, you know, of course, nine wins in a row. You don't have to listen to me tell you that. But, uh, you know, he's he's in a waiting game, right? Because he's got he's to wait on Aldo and Edgar. And then, depending on whether or not one of those guys, you know, get to face McGregor, because we don't know if McGregor's going to vacate the 45-pound title because uh, he's, uh, he's looking big and happy right now, getting to eat what he wants to eat, where he is. So unless he vacates 45, uh, you know, it's going to be – it's it's two fights away before that guy gets a title shot. Yeah, and, and we'll get you the news about Conor McGregor here in a little bit and also some other huge news that the UFC broke uh, during the uh, during the broadcast. But, yeah, Max Holloway deserves a title shot. Uh, regardless of what Conor McGregor does, my guess is that he's going to get the winner of Jose Aldo and Frankie Edgar for the interim belt, and uh, deservingly so. Um, I, you know, like I said, nine wins in a row, that's absolutely ridiculous. No one should how, – how could anyone win nine wins in a row, and especially in the 35-pound division where, you know, you're, you're looking at tough guys every night inside the top ten. Forty-five. Uh, he deserves yeah. it. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was uh, just real quick, something that did impress me was Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy. Yeah, look at that. Did you see that fight? I mean, this guy, this, 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 he looks like, I don't know if it was that, that Cole Miller just looked so terrible or that Alex Caceres <laughs> just looked like everything that he did was working. Maybe maybe Alex Caceres helped make Cole Miller look terrible. Let's yeah. give him that. Let's give Bruce Leroy his just due. He's been... He's been at it for a while, and uh, you know sometimes so you know he'll do really well, and then when he gets to the when he gets to that he starts getting closer to that top five, you know that six seven, you know in the past he's uh, he's kind of fallen short, so you know maybe maybe it's his time you know to get better and to be better. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know, maybe like you said, maybe he's finally got to the point where he's putting it all together. You know, when I was I was looking at these two, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, Cole uh, Cole Miller looks like he's got the length. He looks like he's got the reach. We know he's very very solid on the ground, and uh, but man, Casares um, uh, just was a step ahead of him every every move. Um, yeah, another uh, another. Uh, fighter that impressed me was uh, Jessica Andrade uh, making her debut in that um, strawweight division. 115 pounds, yeah. Yeah, and wow. I mean, Jessica Penny is not a, or Penne, or however they pronounce it. She's not a pushover. She's not a slouch. She's but, not a slouch. Uh, not, not by any means. Jessica Andrade, 
Jessica Andrade made her look like she didn't belong in the cage with her. I mean, that's how I felt. I don't know yeah. how you felt about that. Yeah, no, I mean, man, Andrade looked awesome. And, I man, I had a feeling I knew she would. And uh, my pick going into that fight was uh, Jessica Andrade, man. Just tough girl. I, I knew it wasn't going to be an easy outing. But coming from a... Coming from a heavier division, I kind of I kind of felt like she may have had an upper hand. So uh, yeah, so I kind you, you know so I I was kind of I kind of you know I I leaned on her to really win that fight. I didn't think she'd uh, win that convincingly, but I leaned on her to win. So let's talk about the co-main event. Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz, uh, the third meeting between these two bitter, bitter rivals. And uh, unfortunately for Uriah Faber, um, Dominic Cruz is just that good. And um, yeah. Faber now holds the dubious distinction of being the only fighter in MMA history to go 0-4 in UFC title fights. Yeah, that's, uh, man, Dominic Cruz, man, what more can you say about that guy? He doesn't fight for over a year, comes back, no, I mean, it was two, three years, actually, comes back as one fight, hurts himself, is out again, comes back, wins his title, then defends it, and, man, these guys can't touch him. They can't touch him. It's uh, it's it's amazing to watch, man. Uriah Faber couldn't put a hand on him. I mean, you saw him in the, in the post-fight press conference. Yeah, I mean, Dominic had a little, a few scratches on his face, but man, Uriah wore all the damage. And uh, as much as I would have liked seeing Uriah Faber get a belt in the UFC, um, I believe that was probably going to be his last chance. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that I think the door has shut on him. Um, I think we talked about his last fight out, um, where I, I looked at him, and that was probably one of the first times that I saw him fight, and I thought, you know, he's lost a step or two, um, you know, just in terms of his speed. Because something that he always, one of the big advantages that he always had in his fights was his speed and his ability yeah. to just move in and strike quickly and and continue to move and. Um, you know, I think that's kind of left him a little bit. But take nothing away. But Dominic Cruz is just like I said. I mean, wow. I mean, I I, I don't. I look down at, at that division, and it's hard for me to imagine anyone being able to get it done against this guy. Yeah, it's uh, whoever does it, they're just going to have to rush him and make it as dirty as possible. They're yeah. going to have to just go for broke and hope they don't get, you know catch a bad one on the way in. They're just I don't see any other way to beat Dominic Cruz except get in there and try to make it as dirty as possible. But even for the guys who try to do that, you know, he, he finds a way the first time I'm sorry, the second time he fought your eye favor, which was in the UFC, because he lost the first time in the WEC. Mm-hmm. The second time they fought, I mean Uriah made that as dirty as he possibly could. At one point he even dropped him. Um that's how that's how 
that's how much Dominic Cruz has improved since then. Yeah. And for two or three of those years, he wasn't even doing anything. So I, I, I can't even. I don't even. I don't even know what else to say about that guy. I mean, that right there says plenty about him. I mean, that's just uh, that's amazing to me. He fought probably a flawless fight. Would I love to see Dominic Cruz finish more people? Yeah, but you know, not everybody's. Uh, yeah, not not everybody fights that way. And who's to say he wouldn't have had he not hurt himself the first time by now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely true. I agree with that. Speaking of finishing people, wow, the main event, <laughs> Luke Rockhold and Michael Bisping, I would not have given, and I tweeted it out uh, just before the fight. I said, you know, um, I would love to see Michael Bisping walk out with the gold, but he's got a big mountain to climb. And, uh, wow, two left hands later, 10 years in the making, it had to be a sweet win for uh, Michael Bisping. He climbed it. He, cl- he climbed that mountain, didn't he? Was that not – you know what, man? You know, and I think I've posted this a thousand times already and said it a million times. Love him or hate him, you have to respect Michael Bisping because he never turns down a fight. He's fought everybody, win or lose. He's got a resume of fights, good fights. I mean, just brutal fights, even the ones he's lost. He's fought top talent, almost lost his eye. And just keeps on chipping away, man. Takes this fight on two weeks' notice, believes it, and goes in there and knocks out Luke Rockhold, man. That was, uh, and when I say knocks him out, I mean he knocked him out. I mean, uh, he caught him with the left. You saw, you just saw Luke's legs just buckle. He gets up, and then you just saw Luke's legs go away when Bisping hit him that second time. And, uh, you know, if uh, I, I would imagine if you've never seen a flamingo, a flamingo's legs just get taken out from under him. That's what Luke Rockhold's legs look like. He looked like he had Bambi legs. He got hit, hit again. He fell and he just got finished. You know, man, great job, Michael Bisping. I can't say enough about it. I was kind of rooting for the guy. I just didn't think he'd be able to do it on two weeks' notice. Yeah, you know, especially after the way that Rockhold manhandled Machina, then he manhandled, uh, well, you know, he, he, he really beat up Weidman. And yeah, I just I didn't feel like Michael, I, and I certainly didn't feel like Michael Bisping would knock him out. I mean, no. Bisping not, I not known for his power. Um, the, the, the shot was right on the butt, both of them. And. Man, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm glad for him. I am. I, I, I was not a fan of Michael Bisping early on, but the more that I watched him fight over the years, the more it became harder not to respect him and respect his style, his pace, and like you said, his willingness to just fight anybody. And uh, yeah, you know, I would say at this point, he, he deserves that title, man. I mean, he stuck it out for years. Um, answered the call many times and didn't wait for a title shot when he was close, took fights, 
and came up short. Yep. But um, you know, congratulations to that guy, man. That's it, that's a big win. And I my assumption is they're going to make that fight again. Oh, absolutely. Those guys were fighting through the press conference and afterwards. I don't know if you saw in a video yeah. of that, but mm-hmm. fighting. You know what? And and Luke Rockhold, man, he's just a big baby. Just a big baby. And I can't I, – I don't know, man. You know, the guy's got skills, and, uh, you know, Bisbee said it over and over. Luke's a phenomenal fighter, but it's the fight game. He dropped his right hand. He got caught. Yeah, it is what it is, man. This guy – and this guy just keeps whining and complaining and this and that. And I'm just like, man, just, you lost. You know what I mean? You lost, get over it. It is what it is. But he's not going to let it go. So, we got to go trilogy again. You know, I... Yeah, yes. I'm I'm so sick of rematches and trilogies. I, I'm just so sick of them, man. I'd rather I see Bisping too. fight somebody else. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I would too, but I think that middleweight division is a little thin, um, you know, especially with top guys now coming off losses. Uh, you know, you let got Wiseman who's coming off a loss. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's... Jockery might win. If Jockery wins, right, then uh, if Jockery wins, then you got Wiseman, then you got Rockhold, you got all these guys, and they're just playing around and robbing. You know, let it yeah, be somebody I... else. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I'm okay with that, man. It, it makes it exciting. Anyway, I'm not looking forward to the same fight and then hoping the guy is going to get the next title shot, doesn't lose to the next guy he's fighting, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It just it puts people in weird predicaments, man. They should just keep running with it. Yeah, I don't. I, I would rather stand fight Jock Ray, too, myself, and I think Jock Ray probably would win that fight, I think, um you know, which which would make it more interesting. It would set up a lot of new, fresher oh, yeah. matchups, maybe that we haven't seen. Um, but you know, again, going back to Luke Rockhold, and I want to make sure that we get in the, the Conor McGregor news, and we want to talk a little bit about that. But just going back to Luke Rockhold, the guy always comes across to me as like an entitled. Uh, I don't know. You know, I can't say it on <laughs> yeah. the PG podcast. It, no, it, it's no, ridiculous. No, 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 I know. I know. As I know good as the guy saying. is, as good as the guy yeah. is, he comes across as someone who feels like he's entitled, like everything's been handed right. to him, and when he doesn't get his way, like you said, he's, he's a crybaby. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous. And you know, you know any backstory about Michael Bisping, man? And you know, I mean, it's it's just a really cool story, man, to watch somebody fight so yeah. hard and so long, almost lose an eye, <laughs> keep on fighting after that, and and achieve his and achieve his goal, man. It's amazing to me. I I love stuff like that. It's why I'm such a huge Robbie Lawler fan. I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great story for Robbie Lawler too. Well, um, so two two big news items uh, to hit that came out at a UFC 199, and one minor news item that we might get to if we have time, but the the, the clock is closing in on us. Of course, the first one is that it's official. Uh, Conor McGregor will fight Nate Diaz in a rematch at UFC uh, 202. This is a fight that both you and I think is uh, a mistake by Conor McGregor. Why, Conor? Why? What for? You ever seen the scene in Rocky 
where uh, Apollo's trainer looks at him and goes, let's leave this one alone, man. This guy is just not good for us. That's that's what they should be telling Conor McGregor. Yeah. But I, I just don't understand why. I, I, I don't get it, man. There must be some big, big money in that fight, which, uh, I mean, if it's worth it, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a money grab. It's a money grab all the way around, no doubt about it. Um, certainly for the UFC, uh, Nate Diaz, I think, has ensured himself that he has gotten the most amount of money that he could possibly get. So good for him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this might be Nate Diaz's last fight. Um, you know, with that being said, it also wouldn't surprise me if uh, Conor McGregor wins. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, not at all. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it, but then, one, real quick, the other big news that came out, uh, UFC 200, Dana White has been teasing something really big was coming, and uh, we found out last night that what he was talking about was uh, the return for one night only at UFC 200. Uh, Brock Lesnar will step back into the octagon. Wow. Who's he going to fight? Who are we getting Brock uh, to go with? They have not announced an opponent for him. They were saying that they might announce it tonight on SportsCenter. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, if I had to guess, the most likely opponent for him would be probably Josh Barnett. That'd be a good one for him. That'd be an awesome one to watch, actually. I'd love to watch that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this professional wrestling. decision. Yeah, there you go. Two professional wrestlers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, see you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody.